This is episode 9 of Penso Street Physio Direct. Welcome back. Today we have another question, an interesting one actually. So to all my two listeners, um, here we go. The question is, why do we have DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness? So DOMS is interesting. I mean, I quite enjoyed sort of looking up stuff related to this because... I get DOMS all the bloody time and we have a perception out in the general public that delayed onset muscle soreness is because of lactic acid and waste byproducts. While that is true in a sense, I think it's a bit more detailed than that. So with all of my five minutes of searching, let me try and summarize within 10 minutes of what DOMS is and why we probably get sort of that muscle pain after heavy lifting. Or training and maybe what happens inside our body that signals the pain so let's get right into it DOMS is usually occurring after an unaccustomed bout of physical exertion so if you haven't done any exercise and you start exercise again you're gonna get sore suck it up okay it's usually typically worse with eccentric exercise so any exercise that requires you to lengthen your muscle fibers under load repeatedly and you haven't done it in a while you're probably going to get sore so it doesn't matter what it is if, if you ran if you haven't ran for a while and you go for a 10k run if you haven't sort of gotten to the gym and then you start smashing out say a leg day it is quite common to be very very sore um, after that and it typically is classified as a type 1 muscle strain it's pretty stiff uh, and tender with movement and palpation it can occur at all levels of sport so no one is safe you're gonna get it it's i would almost accept it as a part of life so it doesn't matter if you're elite level beginner level intermediate level if you haven't done something before you're gonna get some sort of muscle soreness or delayed onset muscle soreness the reason why it's called doms is because it starts at 24 to 72 hours post sort of session and then it subsides um, five to seven days afterwards. But symptoms can vary. And as we know, if you keep training, you'll get used to it. So there's heaps of theories with regards to delayed onset muscle soreness, right? So there's the lactic acid theory, there's the muscle spasm theory, there's a the connective tissue damage theory, there's a the muscle damage theory, there's the inflammation theory, there's an enzyme efflux theory. And I'm gonna go into them in absolutely minimal detail because this is not an area where I'm probably gonna get flamed by any researchers that actually research this. So if you wanna look stuff up, feel free, but I'll give you a rough idea. So the lactic acid theory is based on the assumption that lactic acid is produced following the cessation of exercise. It's commonly thought that the accumulation of metabolic waste products, which I guess lactic acid is a part of, is thought to cause a stimulus to the body and the perception of pain. Problem is, lactic acid levels do return to pre-exercise levels within one hour following exercise. And there's no sort of relationship between that time frame, so it doesn't really make sense. The muscle spasm theory is basically saying that if you exercise a lot you increase the tone of your muscles and maybe an increased resting muscle activation tone after exercise could lead to a compression of local blood vessels and a lack of oxygen so ischemia 
and perhaps the accumulation of pain substances, which technically speaking, if that happens, then ischemia happens, then it could potentially lead to more compression or actually, no, I take that back. The cycle is proposed as you stimulate more pain nerve endings, then it technically causes more muscle spasms and it causes more ischemia. So definitely more lack of oxygen, which proposes that. But as we know, if that happened, we would all probably die after one diet of exercise. It doesn't make sense. I don't think that theory is as strong, mainly because investigations showing EMG have been fairly inconclusive. And I've said it before, I believe that EMG isn't perfect, but it's it gives us some information. So the next theory is the connective tissue damage theory which is interesting because let me just take a look basically in a nutshell excessive connective tissue strain around the muscle tissue when doing exercise which is measured by hydroxyproline or hydroxylysine um, which technically are components of mature collagen interesting so so basically they've done studies that show that maybe after about exercise that you get increased hydroxyproline and hydroxylysine um, which indicates that there is increased collagen synthesis or breakdown so there's more activity but what we don't know is where that fits into the model of DOMS because what we do know is that DOMS occurs 24 to 48 hours or 24 to 72 hours after exercise subsides five to seven days Again, it's, I think it's, a, it's one of those things where the timelines don't completely match and we cannot fit in that connective tissue theory within that whole spectrum or that whole timeline, so to speak. The muscle damage theory focuses on the disruption of the muscles. And if you look at it sort of microscopically, there's a thing called the Z-line, which is part of the contractile structure of muscle tissue. And that's where it happens. It stimulates nociceptors around the muscle tissue. So it stimulates the pain receptors around the muscle tissue and around the little arteries, little blood vessels, which are also stimulated, which potentially leads to the sensation of pain. To support this sort of muscle damage theory, they use a chemical called creatine kinase, which is a indicator of muscle membrane permeability so basically if there's more creatine kinase floating around then it gets released out through the muscle tissues i guess we do know that after exercise there is increased levels of creatine kinase but i think again the timelines still don't completely match and that's been sort of proven by a fair few studies I think that the muscle damage theory has some weight, but we just don't know how to fit it in into the whole model so far. The inflammation theory is based on the inflammatory response. So, you know, we piss off things in the body and the body inflames as a result. The breakdown of muscle fibers and connective tissue, plus the increase in inflammatory markers, such as histamine, prostaglandins, neutrophils, um, etc., to the site can potentially lead to what we feel. So basically they're saying that what we feel is basically minor inflammation. It's quite interesting, but a bit over my head. It's getting get over my head anyway. And I think that also explains part of it, but it doesn't explain 
everything. The enzyme efflux theory is where calcium is accumulated with muscle damage which affects the cell's ability to go about its normal processes which leads to more inflammatory markers that get released which signal the pain. So that's interesting and basically all these theories could potentially explain why you get sore. I think the model incorporates a lot of it. So the model that we use for explaining delayed onset muscle soreness involves the connective tissue damage theory, the muscle damage theory, the enzyme efflux theory, and the inflammation theory. And again, they're all theories, but they do play a role to perhaps explain why we get so sore. There is a new theory, uh, a relatively new theory, where what can happen is that the nerves can get compressed or the nerve endings in the muscle spindle specifically can get compressed, which can cause micro injuries and subsequent inflammation. And it, it can be worse with eccentric exercise where technically the muscle spindle gets lengthened and compresses the nerve endings a bit more. Again, they're, they're all just theories and it's nice to sort of know the little technical pieces in and out, but that's for more for researchers to know. But for us, what we do know is that DOMS is sore. We can get quite sore. It can affect your performance if it is excessive. So the question is, how do we relieve DOMS, so to speak, aside from time? I would say warm up. I would say there have been a few sort of proposed uh, ways to reduce DOMS, but nothing is conclusive. So let me go through the whole list of them. One is time. And I think with repeated bouts of the same stimulus, then you will get less DOMS. So I think this is just a part of your body trying to adapt. So you should probably appreciate it more. As long as you're not doing anything too excessive, you can technically minimize DOMS by slowly easing into things. So if you haven't sort of ran for a while, you may want to start off with less than what you expect. So if you normally run for 40 minutes, for example, and you stop for a while for a few weeks, say, and you want to start back again, you might want to start back at 20 minutes just to be sure and to be safe because during that period of relative rest, you do get some detraining effects and some atrophy effects in your muscles. So probably should go easy. That's probably the easiest way I can say it. They say warm up, warm up helps potentially. I wrote down question mark stretching because that some studies have indicated that if you stretch enough, you can actually get soreness from that. So just be wary. Whether you should use anti-inflammatory medication, there seems to be inconsistent findings from that. Does ultrasound help? So that therapeutic ultrasound help? Generally no. Does e-stim help? Generally no, but it depends on the mode, okay? So if out of the order of the type, out of all the types of electrical stimulation, TENS seems to have the best effect on DOMS, but I think that more studies definitely need to be conducted on that. Homeopathy, no. Massage, interestingly enough, um, some conflicting results. So some say it works, some say it doesn't, and there hasn't been a unified conclusion um, made to see whether massage helps or not. Wearing compression garments, there may be some benefits in wearing them to reduce delayed onset muscle soreness, interestingly enough. Hyperbaric oxygen, so if you're breathing apparently 
it's supposed to help but there's not enough information or the studies haven't really controlled the dosages enough does low intensity exercise help doms i think it does it may be temporary but it does work the potential theory is that it could break up the adhesions in your muscles increased uh, waste product removals which can increase blood flow or increase your endorphins but however there have been few studies or only a few studies done with conflicting findings because we don't exactly know what dosage of exercise that we should do to alleviate DOMS once you get it. That's sort of my rough take on it. This has been a while. I just think that you just need to appreciate DOMS a bit more. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a process where your body's trying to help you um, adapt and improve your physiological parameters. So I don't think it's something to be afraid of but it depends on the different context. I mean, if you're, say, a basketballer who plays four or five games a week on the regular, in that case, you probably don't want to get excessive DOMS because that can affect your subsequent performance in games. I can see some rationale in trying some of these therapies such as, you know, 10s or ice or whatever else you want. For the majority of people though, I do think that you just need to if you're going to get back into things just break in sensibly and be smart about what you're what you're doing really just control your dosages if you control your dosages you shouldn't have doms or you should minimize the effect of doms anyway and if you do get doms laugh as you limp down the stairs after leg day that's about it for today um i will come back with more questions next week if you've survived this long thanks for listening now, don't go off into the sunset and bluntly do what I may have said or recommended. Seek proper advice from qualified healthcare professionals. Like, comment, subscribe, or book in if you'd like us to assist.